This is Uncle Funk of the Soul Children LA, and you're listening to Psychotic Bump School with your host DJ Rome on KCWG, thetruth.com, the best internet radio station on the planet. Okay, y'all, I got a bone to pick with this one. Uh, I wanted to assemble a panel because there's been something happening in our news and I'm not going to front. It's got me upset. It's got me all up in my feelings. Uh, It's it's more than just being passionate, y'all. I'm just, I'm I'm fed up. I'm fed up. Uh, In the news, in case you haven't seen, we've had three renowned experts, uh, uh, finger quotes with that one, Dr. Oz, Dr. Drew, Dr. Phil, Uh, all celebrated figures in their own right, talking about uh, the prospect of reopening the economy during the age of this virus. And all three of them have stated in almost unanimous consent, along with this current administration, that we need to quickly reopen the economy, even though it would come at the expense of human lives. And uh, I couldn't believe my ears. And uh, I just had to assemble people who have some insight and expertise in this matter and what the implications are when these three in particular um, come out and make statements such as this. So to help me have this conversation, it is an honor, y'all. I don't know if I've ever had so much talent in one call before, but here they are, one by one. Uh, I'd like to welcome back all of these amazing guests. You guys know my good brother from Southern California, social worker, Mr. Jamal Jones is here. We also have the very, very talented licensed clinical social worker, also from Southern California, Miss Casey Phillips-Brown. From Northern California, we have the good brother who is an educational psychologist and administrator, Dr. Chase Moore. We have the inimitable mental health therapist in Northern California, Miss Kyra Christian, and of course, the amazing family of this program, the incomparable married, licensed marriage and family therapist team, Art and Arissa Harris and Baby Faith. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Psychotic Bump School. Uh, I'm glad all y'all are here to help talk me off the ledge. I'm about to lose my mind on these three dudes. And 
I, I can't even hold back. So let me go first to Narissa Harris. Uh, Narissa, I think you've caught some of my venom when I reached out to y'all. Uh, tell me quickly your thoughts on what you've been hearing from these three renowned doctors. And, you know, I, I kind of feel where you coming from, um, Rome. I, I think it's ridiculous um, to put out there in society that we need to open the country back up. To me, it really just feels like the reason they want to do this is for this capitalistic gain, so to speak. And we really need to look at the fact that it's lives out there um, that are, you know, on the front line and that it's more than money. And I kind of feel like if people are not really taking social distancing seriously right now, and then we have these three doctors come on here and kind of give almost a little bit of misinformation, you know, it's just watering down the severity of what's happening out here with this pandemic. Absolutely. So They've been yeah. almost in lockstep with this administration. I was shocked, Art Harris, because in my opinion, Dr. Drew and Dr. Phil had a little bit of credibility leading up to this. What's been your thoughts on this, Art Harris? Well, I mean, I always look at um, providers like mental health or doctors on TV as more like being pop culture. And if somebody's paying them, and I've never really took what they said um, more than just entertainment, but now it's destructive because right. so many people listen to these people and think that um, what they say is true, like opening up the um, economy, people um, are already dying of other stuff. People might take what they're saying and go out. You saw what happened at the beaches in Florida and at right. other places across the country. They opened it up and people gathered in protests. People don't have the ability to limit themselves and keep themselves from spreading this thing and gathering. And mm -hmm. so by going with the government and endorsing that opinion of opening up, we're creating more mass hysteria and more cases and more deaths Black people are going to feel the blow of it even harder than others. Absolutely. So why is he not wrong, uh, Casey Phillips-Brown? Casey Phillips-Brown is a licensed clinical social worker in Southern California. Why are Art and Arissa not wrong? I mean, what's the objective of sending out these mixed messages like these two doctors have? I can't tell you for sure what the objective is, but I could agree with them on what's going to be the end results. Um, and the fact that they're going to be, it's already a disproportionate amount of us who are dying from this. And it's not because we're out there smoking and drinking, like it was mentioned by the Surgeon General, but it's just the, the lack of uh, the barriers to uh, healthcare. Um, I've heard so many stories of people feeling sick, trying to go to the hospital and being told to go home. Oh, no, yep. you're okay. I'm not getting tested. Um, and again, what are you going home to? Everyone doesn't have the luxury to quarantine in their basement and then the rest of their family not have to interact with them. We have people living on top of people. I mean, and, and in just the culture, we, we love each other. We're going to be around even if we don't need to be around, we right? Be around. But exactly. right, we're going to be around each other. Mm -hmm. But now it's very difficult. If someone, if one person gets sick, you're hearing about whole households of people getting sick. So right. yeah, I, I can't say for, I can't pinpoint exactly why they're doing it, but I can tell you how it's hurting us and how it will continue to hurt us right. if we're listening. And I, and I know I'm the queen of conspiracy theories, and, but hearing right. all the different theories and they're like, oh, don't listen, just go, they just wanna keep you from being outside. Mm. That is, you need to make sure we take the social distancing seriously. 
Right. And do our best to still interact with one another by being safe. I don't know how many birthday parties I've been to on Zoom. Virtual. Uh, right. Virtual birthday parties. Right. Where we can, we're still connecting. I, I hosted a, um, a game of Black Card Revoked with my family the other night. Some of them were in Alabama. Some of them were here in L.A. Some were in Northern California. Ooh. All of this. And playing a game online. Just trying to be still socializing but being safe. So, yeah. It's going to hurt us more than anyone else. We're always going to have that type of situation. So, we have to be way more careful. Um, and protect ourselves. We sure do. Well, Kyra and Chase, I'm coming to you in just a second, but Jamal, uh, Casey is right. I mean, we can't get too relaxed right now. What is it about certain people? I mean, I know there's some black and brown people that are rushing to these beaches in protests, whether it be in Florida, whether it be in Michigan. Uh, for the most part, I think it's mostly Trump supporters for the most part, who just can't stand being told what they can't do for, mm -hmm. for a period of time. Um, what, 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 is this, what is this all about from your vantage point? Uh, Jamal Jones, social worker in Southern California. Um, Give me your thoughts, brother. Well, well, speaking in regard to the Trump, you're seeing Trump followers and supporters. Um, you know, what I've been, I've heard in the street, you know, as far as it, you know, it's, it's surprising. I mean, I, I hate saying this. There's, there's, there's Trump supporters in, in at DCFS, which is just crazy, but um, that's a whole nother the show right is, there. Isn't that's a whole nother show, right? So I'm just saying the thing is that um, with that, I think I've been hearing things like liberties and 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 liberties and things and freedom being taken away, and and um, that the fact that cities and governors and are are locking people down and you know taking your guns away, you hear that in a conversation and it's like, oh my God, they're gonna, we can't get guns, we can't do this. This is, this is a whole big conspiracy in regard to locking everything down. My, but on another note, one of my big concerns right now is just talking about with our people and with black people. Yes. Um, is when I read that article, I'm sure you guys have read it, when, it, when the uh, two doctors in France had mentioned that they wanted mm -hmm. to test the mm -hmm. virus on black folks. Yes. <laughs> Poor yes. black Africans. So, so this Africans. is where so this is where you're hearing so many things, be it from Drew and all this other stuff, and people are confused. So I could just speak to, to to my folks, you know what I'm saying, and black folks. And what I'm hearing is, is a lot of folks are just kind of like questioning a lot of things, right? Just because the thing is, one of the things that I've heard in the street is, okay, now we're being labeled as the ones that are being disproportionately affected. All of a sudden. But then what people in the neighborhood are doing is tying that with the statement from France, right? Hmm. So, they're, they're, so they're feeling uncomfortable. Not to say, you know, this one of the conspiracy thing, but why are we putting it at the, why are, are we being put at the top of this thing because of the same thing they were trying to do with the poor Africans, right? Hmm. So that's what you'll hear in the community. That's what you hear talks about that. But again, be it truth or not, not true, Information is being pumped all over the place and confusing and creating creating a lot of anxiety. Yep. And it's just it's it's creating chaos. And I think that the problem is again, you know, you have the CDC who is not coming out. Uh, that was on CNN yesterday, where the CDC has not been giving information in regard to statistics and things that are happening. And in saying that last night, they talked about African Americans on CNN, and they said, hey, CDC has not released the, the population, who's at most risk and all this other stuff. So they say one thing where they said, okay, well, African-Americans are not, I mean, are disproportionately going to be affected by this. But then the same guy who was over the CDC, the former director comes back and out of the same mouth and says, right. but the CDC has not released 
any data in regard to who the target populations are the ones that are who most affected by this thing. So when you hear that, it just further confuses everyone to say, like, what is going on? Like, why Absolutely. you're hearing these people open it up? You know, let's just stop Trump saying this and then someone else is saying this. And then you have the celebrities coming out and they're, you know, shelter at home, shelter at home, shelter at home. And it's like, what, what's, what's going on? So, so many messages. It is. And, and we have just in the black community, unfortunately, we can't just be in a pandemic and just have to deal with the normal health concerns. We have to right. worry about a history of racism, a history of people experimenting on us. I mean, again, check out the book, uh, Medical Apartheid. Listen to anything oh. from Dr. Joy DeGruy. Like, right. it's, it's, oh, it's yeah. a his, it's, historically speaking, we cannot just say, okay, we're going to trust what you say. No, we have right. way too many instances when we've been mistreated. Yeah. Um, this, right. The, right. this whole thing has made me think when they said they were sending people home, um, uh, black people home, uh, saying, oh, no, 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 don't worry about it. It made me think of what uh, Dr. Joy DeGruy talked about in her book, Post Traumatic Slave uh, Syndrome. And right. when she mentioned, that with Thomas Jefferson and how he and other founding fathers and people who are highly respected in those times talked about us being so, oh, they're strong. They don't have a soul. Right. They don't have, they don't hurt. Yeah. Um, they, yeah. you know, they, so I think that has really seeped into the medical community. And so mm -hmm. oh, they'll be okay. They'll toughen it out. They have a yeah. higher tolerance for pain. So right. then we have to worry about how we're going to be treated when, we, when some people can just be in a pandemic and just get the news and be entrusted. Right. 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 It's a hodgepodge right. and just throw things against the wall and let's just see what sticks, right? Kyra Christian, I'm coming to you right now. Chase Moore, you're going to be next. Uh, Kyra, uh, Casey and Jamal just broke down some things. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? And from your perspective, what's the objective with all this muddying of the message? So from my perspective, it's personal gain over humanity and human rights. Mm. Um, and so what side are you going to be on? Are you on personal gain? Because it, it really is classic Darwinism. Mm -hmm. You know, it's survival of the richest. And so if you don't have no money, money talks. That's and right. this is, to me, this is what's happening where, you know, Dr. Oz is saying it's an appetizing opportunity. Look at the wording of what mm -hmm. he's saying. Um, and and we haven't been considered citizens. Everything that has happened in this country was not built for us. We were not in mind when the founding fathers came and stole this land from somebody else. And mm -hmm. so I'm personally wow. not upset because they're just doing what they've been doing, which is cool. benefiting from white supremacy. Come on. Come um, on. And their leader who gets on and acts a fool and continues to spread lies and continues to benefit and have generational wealth for his grandkids, 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 mm. is never going to take in account and affect our community and what it's doing to us. He does not care. He's not supposed to. Right. Wow. We're supposed to. Well, that's, that's our why, job. Exactly. That's why you're here, Kyra, and everybody else. So, Chase, I'm coming to you. Uh, yeah, thank you. You know, I agree with what everyone has said. I feel like, uh, you know, for a long time, we... We've never been able to trust what, um, you know, they've been doing to us here in America, really across the diaspora. So I think what this does is highlight the need for us to have our own black doctors, own black experts in those Come medical fields, our own black researchers, because uh, to some extent, we are in a very vulnerable, vulnerable position because the information that we're depending on, we don't have faces like us that are completing the information uh, or giving the information to us. Uh, I don't feel like uh, we will be using words like appetizing w when we're talking about. Oh, uh, oh my God. Uh, 
you know, a word. Sorry, what uses that word? Yeah, right. If one of talk about children dying, we're not using those words, right? I mean, if you know, because that's just not who we are. And so, again, I think Rome, what we were talking about is how. At the, at the core, our philosophies about life are different, right? The reason we're here in this industrial age with technology is because their philosophy about life is conquering nature and, and being able to pro- be progressive and move forward at the expense of life. And a more African-centered philosophy is about harmony and balance with nature. It's about living one with each other and ensuring the survival of the tribe. So at our core, philosophy, the core philosophies of Europeans and Africans are different. And so, of course, we're going to problems when it comes to pandemics and things of that nature. So I think it's, you know, really important for people like all of us and, and you, Rome, to get us on the line and to talk with you and to spread the message that you're not crazy if you're thinking that this is crazy, right? So mm-hmm. our own philosophy and we have we we have a desire to to solve problems in a certain way. So to get back to your to your point, I feel like when Africa is strong, then we're going to be strong because we can have a nation who has our our interests in hand, our core values, and we have the science and the research to put out our own solution. But in the absence of that, we're at the mercy of people who can lie to us, and then we are the ones who have to justify it, right? That's like when that's the you know the number one thing with power, you know, like. Um, you, we have to define reality based on what you tell us, and that, and that's power. So, in order to empower ourselves, I think this is an excellent time for us to see the reason why. You know, we we often can get caught up in living these lives where we can put our head down and we can be relatively successful in terms of finances, but it's only when things like this come up that we realize what we need and we, and we need each other. We need our own philosophy. That was Dr. Chase Moore, educational psychologist, Northern California. Art Harris, stand by. I'm coming to you in just a second. Kyra Christian, um, Chase is not wrong, right? I mean, you are uh, notorious for introducing me to places like Black Safe Spaces and why it's so important for us to have our own platform so we can hash these issues out because otherwise we think we're crazy because everything seems like it's upside down. It's like the wrong people are being rewarded for inappropriate behavior. And so what can we further do to let people know about these types of platforms and have these sort of um, nuanced discussions? Because it, there's merit to both sides of opening the economy, but we have to take care of ourselves first, right? So right. can you talk further about the importance of having the, you know, the, this kind of dialogue in the, in the face of our people? Well, it's important to have... Um to have facts, right? So you can make an educated, uh, educated guess or educated assumption of what's going on. It's a fact that China shut down for five months. It's a fact that we've only shut down for two months. And so what is going to happen in this three months lapse is that a lot of us are going to die. And so we need to ask ourselves as a community, are we okay with that? And if you're okay with that, sit by and let it happen. And if you're not okay with that, you jump on a podcast with Rome and you talk about what we're Come supposed on. to do, which is have a sense of community. And that's our, um, that's our background. Like uh, Dr. Moore was saying, um, Pan-African, we've always had emoja and unity, and we've always stuck together. Being individualistic, that is not of our culture. That's right. That's right. Art Harris, um, you... You stay in touch with stuff like this. I know you've been studying uh, some very um, 
you know, some highly renowned spiritual texts lately to sort of further inform uh, your approach to this whole thing. Um, Art Harris, why is this so important for our people in the midst of facing uh, the, the prospect of who do we trust, what resources we can rely on? I know Black people love Jesus, love Jesus, love Jesus, and maybe they love God too, but being able to talk in safe spaces like this, can you emphasize again for us, Art Harris, uh, why this is so important, especially during this time? Um, well, I mean, you're right. I have been doing a little bit more studying. Um, I told Rome last week that um, last week I took on the challenge of trying to read the whole Quran in a weekend. I didn't finish it. <laughs> okay. I'm but, um, but I did make it to, um, to um, some of the same stories from the Bible where they talked about how there's certain disease and plagues that keep coming and coming about on the people and you have to um, prepare whether it's famine and what happens people get destroyed because they get divided mm -hmm. and so what one thing i've been noticing is that um this individualism and, and this focus on trying to survive in capitalism has made people forgot of tapping in into their ancestors and to the higher power and that that strength we get from really coming together mm -hmm. uh, because um yesterday me and my wife and i invited you to it also we sat on a zoom yeah. conference on um with the black Psych national black psychologist association yes and um in it um dr wade nobles he was talking about how we have to come together how we have to survive together you know how um not just individually trying to well, bunker down in your um, basement, right? He's talking about us as a community needs to be aware of what's happening and keep each other safe. Um, and I think that's really the best thing we can do is remember that some of these things have been talked about and prophecy, prophesied before, if I'm using the right term, right? Mm -hmm. And that we have to make sure that we stay together during these times, but not be foolish enough to stay together and go out and get um COVID-19 and bring it back to our people. It's like coming together like in a mental and spiritual sense instead of going out in the physical world and spreading this disease to our um family and to ourselves. But it's hard. It is. Because most of the people that I know, um they we can't work from home. Most uh -huh. people that I know, especially black people, or our um, nurses, um, police officers, um, delivery drivers, store workers, mm -hmm. just regular, most of the working people, a lot of black people, they, they can't afford to stay home. Absolutely. They have to go out and work. And wow. that's why they want us to go back to work because this country was built on like slave labor. No matter how much we get paid, they still look at us like that. Ooh, wow. And it's in all throughout society, mm -hmm. you know, and you and the people think, no, it's no way we can still be looked at as slaves. And I always think of old Mississippi, where they had slaves working in every single trade and occupation you can think of. Slave labor was doing the work. Mm -hmm. And so people think just because we're not in cotton fields, they don't look at us as collateral or um just just property and so we have to look better than that and we can't stay in this mindset that it's okay 
to do it because they say it's okay. It's okay to go back out because they say it's okay. We have to do what's best for us. And that means we have to come together and maybe look out for those who can't afford not to go out. Absolutely. And it's hard to do. It is. Casey and Jamal, I'm coming to you in just a second. But Narissa, can you, you pick up right there? Because what Art is talking about, Art and you are able to go through this pandemic together. But mm -hmm. as you know, since our community is being so disproportionately impacted, some of us are dying. Yeah. Some of us are sick and on ventilators. And when you are sick and on a ventilator, you can't see family. You can't, right. have, human, you can't have human contact. Um, to what degree have you seen or experienced through your practice the, the, the level of, of isolation that mm -hmm. is impacting our community and our mental health right now because mm -hmm. it's bothering us to a higher degree than other communities? Narissa Harris, can you talk to us about that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just got a second. My husband, I'm like, he over here preaching. Yes, he's speaking the truth. Preach, preacher. But he's speaking on some serious points. And, and what you are saying is, yeah, you know, I feel I feel like super beyond blessed that we able to like be able to stay home and that we actually live together. It's almost like we are being controlled but we have to kind of follow suit of control to be safe, which brings up a whole bunch of other stuff. You know what I mean? And so I'm noticing like higher levels of depression, higher levels of anxiety, and even like this loop that's happening with people that have a history of trauma or PTSD. Now you are stuck in the house with those thoughts. Casey and Jamal, stand by real quick. Chase, uh, I would be remiss because what she's talking about is the social isolation and the increase in anxiety and depression that ensues when people are experiencing this. You have a book out there, and Casey, I'm going to have you plug your book as well, but Dr. Chase Moore has a book about increasing the communication between children and their families and having those uh, common links between the two. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Chase? In what ways would that be useful in helping families through a time like this? I think she is absolutely right. Um, so my book is called The Emotion, The Tree and Me, and it uses the analogy of how a tree go, grows to uh, talk about how the emotions in, in our children grow and they grow from the root. And the roots come from the experiences that we have uh, with our parents and the people in our lives as we grow. And it's important that you have those conversations to ensure that the messages you think your children are getting from your interactions are actually what they're getting because they, they, you know, we all learn more from what we are uh, experiencing than what we say. And so uh, it's important that you are showing your children through your behavior, how to cope. They're going to learn more about coping now by watching you in these tough times than you can ever tell them. So it's important that you be the be the healing. And I think that's the difference between like an African centered approach and maybe like more of a westernized psychology approach is uh, the westernized psychology is something you have to put on. You don't have to be that person, but you have to just do that so you can cope. Uh, Kyra, pick up right there again. Oh, I was just saying that is a, a very um, specific approach and it's mind, body and soul. And we're not going to get that from the Western medica Western medicine because we're not considered a of a culture that has a soul. And so mm -hmm. that approach is specifically for us and something that we need to continue to teach our, um, 
our tribes, what that looks like. You don't just say it, you live it, you do it, you breathe it, it becomes you and you become the example. So someone else in your family can see your happiness and what that looks like. Cause our happiness looks like us not worrying about them. Ooh, mm. come with it. Come with it, man. Man, I was so mad when I got on this call. Y'all are so amazing. Y'all are so talented. <laughs> y'all. Yes, y'all are. All of y'all. <laughs> That was Kyra Christian, mental health therapist in uh, Northern California. Right before that was Dr. Chase Moore, the author of The Emotion, The Tree, and Me. Uh, we also have Art and Arissa Harris, married, licensed, and marriage and family therapist couple from Northern California. Also, Art Harris is also a school psychologist. Oh, my God, so much talent on this call. We have in Southern California standing by the good brother Jamal Jones, who's an amazing, inimitable social worker working in Southern California. And I'm about to turn it over right now real quick to uh, the amazing licensed clinical social worker, Miss Casey Phillips-Brown. Well, uh, like I said, uh, we're, we're just about out of time. And um, you have a book also out there called uh, We Just Said No. Uh, can you give us some final thoughts before I turn it over to Jamal about uh, ways in which we're uh, able to empower our people, particularly our community in the age of mixed messaging and getting the right spiritual food down into our spirit? Uh, Ms. Casey Phyllis-Brown, can you talk to us about that a little bit before we let you go? I sure can. I think the, the, the biggest thing we need to remember, this may sound a little doom and gloom, you know, like, oh my gosh, we're, here we go again. We're in a bad situation. Black people, the world is against us. Yeah, but you know what? We always rise. I look back to just last night. I was having a horrible time after the Teddy Rally versus Babyface battle went yeah. just all epic fail. But no, we yeah. thought we were going to get an epic music battle, but we ended up getting an epic night of comedy. Like, you cannot keep black people down with the memes, the jokes. I mean, there's still love for both of those performers, but we can take a bad thing and turn it into something beautiful and hilarious. And I didn't go to bed till 3.30 in the morning laughing at all that last night. So my point is, don't be sad when you hear us talking like this. You know, we are going right. to be good. If we can't do anything else, we are going to be good. So a couple of things. My book is just, um, we just said no treating ADHD without medication. So a child with ADHD right now may be having a very difficult time being stuck yeah. in the home, Absolutely. right? Because already their their hyperactivity, they need to be out. They're getting on people's nerves. My, my poor six year old broke my laptop for work. I'm like, baby, he's mm. like, well, I didn't mean to, and he oh. jumped up and knocked it over. Um, we have situations where he is dying to be outside, and you, know, you can't do the physical activities. I have a that, and those kind of things calm down a kid with ADHD. My uh, younger son, he has an aviation class. He can still take that online. He can't fly, but he can, you know, do the online classes. My son, scuba diving is his is his calming activity he can't scuba dive right now so what we want to do is really try to make sure people follow some do's and don'ts a do reach out for help if you need to call a friend call a family member call a pastor call it don't call it ex maybe (laughs) but call people (laughs) who are gonna bring some light and sunshine into your life right now we are in some times right now and we need to smile you yeah. want to try to get outside. I had him try to go. I know we we're trying to do some social distancing, but he needs to run and to get rid of some activity. I've been taking them to their chiropractor, which is a way for them to get their uh, adjustments that focus on their mood and their health. Um, also, we need to really talk to our young people and explain the po- importance of social distancing. I don't think they understand. I'm right. hearing, I st- I'm still working. So I'm a clinical supervisor and my people are telling me about kids sneaking out at night, going to see their friends, mm-hmm. coming back home. Party. And, uh, yeah. right, and we have people whose parents are medical workers and their kids are out there do- going to parties, exactly, and then coming back. Mm-hmm. So we yeah. want to focus on it and diet. The impacting their mood tremendously. Any any time a diet can impact your mood, right? Especially with ADHD, you want to take out the sugar, take out the starches. But right now, we really want to watch our children's diets because 
it's impacting their mood in a way that it causes more depression. They're sitting around eating chips, drinking sodas, eating a bunch of starch, eating a lot of sugar, then they're going to be more depressed than they normally are. And the rise in suicidal, um, suicidality may um, come up. So mm -hmm. I, at the end, I'm going to give you some more resources, but um, you want to get them to exercises, YouTube, walking. If there's stairs in the house, use that, lifting weights. Uh, one thing that's helped in my whole household is music. I've been telling my kids, hey, put your feelings right now into words, express yourself. So they've been using different apps. I'm going to send that to uh, Rome a little bit. Um, I think it's called Audacity, which will help you make your own rap songs, or your own oh, musical, yeah. whatever you like to do. Absolutely. I, I want to say, don't feel like you have to be productive. I think a lot of people are feeling like, dang, I always said I was going to clean out that car. Right? I always said I was going to clean out that other room. Exactly. And now I go all the time, and I'm a loser. No, we're going through a very traumatic time. It's okay to yeah. not feel like you have to complete goals. It's okay to be sad. It's okay yeah. to mourn. It's okay yeah. to mourn right now. We have people who are losing family members, not necessarily to COVID-19, but losing family members, and they can't even attend funerals and can't properly grieve exactly. and console and be there for their family members. So it's okay to mourn the loss of others. And yeah. in the same breath, it's okay to be happy. It's okay yeah. to be happy to still have a job. It's okay to ha be happy that you still have some, you have some free time now and you can get some rest. Um, during this time, we're definitely going to see, some, unfortunately, some rise in domestic violence. Yeah. Um, so one of the things I want people to look out for is to check on people, you know, who are not in the best relationships mm -hmm. and you can always call 911. Um, you're going to think uh, for child abuse, that's expected to rise as well. Uh, you have all these kids who are normally at school driving the teachers crazy or just having fun with their friends. And now they're at home all day with their families. So a number to call is 1-800-540-4000, at least in the uh, Southern California area. And then also elder abuse. People are losing patience. People are tired. So being aware to check out our elders and the number, in, at least in the Southern California area, for uh, elder abuse is 1-877-477-3646. You can always call those numbers and ask what's the number in your own area. Two more real quick. We have the warm line, which we called the other day. Just my kid was like, I need to talk to somebody who's not an adult. And he called at one in the morning and it was a young mentor helping him with his relationship issues. So the warm line is 855-952-9276. And then when there's a rise in negativity, there's also a, a rise in positivity positivity we're gonna have a rise in family time you can play games with your kids you can watch movies with your kids you can make uh do crafts with them um some games exploding kittens snake oil we've been playing the black wall street game which is about tulsa and it's like a monopoly but it's a black version it's awesome so yeah feel free to introduce your kids to some old school games you used to play so and learn a new skill everybody about to come out at my house learning spanish so yeah um, <laughs> we're about to watch some movies and subtitles but uh, again my book is we just said no treating adhd without medication uh you can find it on amazon um or on my website new perspectives programs so Come yeah, thank on. you, Rome, for this opportunity. I, this has been great. Yeah, my spirits are also lifted hearing all these wonderful, intelligent people talk so um, profoundly about what we're going through. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. Narissa Harris, uh, between your husband and this one right here, Casey Phillips Brown, they both preaching. Um, okay, that's what I was just going to say. Okay, go Evangelista. ahead. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to you in just a second, but see, ladies and gentlemen, the reason why Casey Phillips Brown has all the, this energy is she just took another lap around the sun. And, um, uh, it was her birthday over this weekend, so uh, happy birthday to you. Yay. Thank you. I turned 50 years old today. 50 years old. Yay. Thank you so much. Yay. Happy birthday to Casey <laughs> Phillips Brown. We got to get the Stevie Wonder version of happy Oh, yeah. Right. No doubt. Happy oh, yeah. And it's funny you should mention Teddy and uh, Babyface because as we speak by the time this is airing, uh, they're going to try it again on Monday. <laughs> 
morning. Oh, yes. Can't wait. 5 and 8 p.m. Pacific time. So it's going to compete with the airtime for this one. But check out both of us. But y'all definitely need to be staying right where you are listening to Psychotic Bump School and listening to all this amazing talent. Well, Jamal Jones, I don't know how you can improve upon that, but good brother. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, that was brother. awesome. Uh, land the plane for us, good brother. Uh, your thoughts, your optimism going forward. Close us out, good brother. Are we going to get through this COVID-19 or what? I think so. I mean, I think, yeah, I thought we're going to get through it. And I think, uh, you know, we've talked about a lot of the things that have been worrying us and giving us a lot of anxiety. But I think one of the positives that we could look at as a people, being able to come together um, on all levels and coming together and using this as an opportunity to rebuild. Because right. again, you know, being the fact we're sheltering in care, and, I mean, sheltering in home and we're sitting here and we're being mindful because we can't go out. So we're, you know, we're, we're talking to people we haven't talked to more intimately. We're having more intimacy with certain situations and it has a time for us to process, be it with folks that, you know, folks that are thinking about the job market, thinking people that are talking about the, the government, thinking, talking about, corporations and how they're doing people wrong and how they're just taking all this money in and all these people are out on here on the streets becoming homeless because they just can't afford to do whatever because these disproportionate incomes of of these CEOs and it's like it, it, it contributes to things like this or people can't afford to take care of themselves if they take a day off of work yeah. so a lot of these things that people can collectively come together and say you know what how do we rebuild right because the power is with us and bringing everyone together, we can all fight against a lot of the things that we're worried about. And now it's forcing everyone to come together. Everyone has to come together. And it'll be very powerful if we realize that, again, not these celebrities are telling us to stay at home while they're on a yacht or in these big <laughs> compounds. Stay at home while we have to go to work as social workers going out masked up trying to help save people's lives while you're at home, you know, getting caviar. It's like, yeah. no, the people, the people, the people, the people and the working class people and the working class and the poor and all of us together to come together to say, you know what, let's see how we can rebuild for ourselves and move forward. And for black people, the same thing. Like we're all going to come together and say, you know what, this is what we need to do to take care of ourselves. And maybe, you know what, we're not going to look to those folks. We're going to look within ourselves to, to make the solutions that we need tailored for us as opposed to saying, hey, I need this person to do, no, nope, we can do it. We can do and it. it's a great opportunity for us to do yeah. so. So I think that'll be a, that's a positive, I think, from this unfortunate uh, pandemic. Absolutely. You landed on it. We can do it. That's why I called y'all, man. I love y'all, man. This is why, what Jamal just said, this is why I called this panel. Like I said, I was so mad when I started this panel, but I feel so relaxed now. I feel so calm like Casey Phillips Brown celebrating a birthday. I feel good now talking to y'all. And I'm encouraging everybody out there, make sure y'all listen to these folks on this call right here. Don't listen to that Dr. Oz, Dr. Phil, Dr. Drew nonsense. It's like common sense. I know we don't always have sense in common, but it takes common sense. And these black professionals here have good common sense on these issues that are so vital to our community right now. Wow, are you guys listening to all this? This is why these type of programs are so very vital. And to drive the point home even further, let's check out Tyler Perry from an episode of Black AF. I feel like I really care what white people think. I feel like, I like a lot. I care what everybody thinks. And to be honest with you, I feel like that's almost all I care about, it seems like. What other people think? It's really sad. It's a sad existence. It's not a, it's not a great life. But it seems like every time I do a project, the first thing I do after the project comes out is go to Rotten Tomatoes. Let me just tell you about the tomatoes. 
I don't fuck with them. You don't fuck with tomatoes? I don't give a damn about a rotten or a fresh. None of that means shit to me. I, that's, that's amazing. What about critics? I don't give a fuck. I guess that's amazing. Can I just tell you why? Please. Because, listen, man. I know that I'm telling stories that my folks want to see. I'm talking from our point of view. We're speaking a language. We're speaking a shorthand that we get that white people don't necessarily get. Nina Simone said this, and I never forgot it. She said, you will use up everything you've got trying to give everybody what they want. you got to focus, man. And you know what I do? I super serve my niche. We speak a language. We're talking. We know each other. We get it. I, I, there's a lot of times I see shit that when Oscars, I'd be like, what is this shit? I walked out halfway through it. I don't get it. But, and, and listen, I feel like they feel the same way about my work. They don't get it, which is all cool. My mother, born in Jim Crow South in Louisiana, right down the street from Mississippi where Emmett Till was murdered. She told me the value of being who I am, of my blackness. She said, don't you ever let anybody tell you who you are. You know who you are. You know where you come from. I watched her stories. I watched her struggles. And that's what I'm telling. I'm telling the stories that I come from. And that's why they're winning, because people are recognizing themselves in these stories. No matter how crass the people think they are, no matter what the critics are saying, oh, I don't get this shit. I don't understand what it is. I don't give a fuck, because I'm talking to us. That's why millions of people are watching my shows every week. That's why people keep showing up and sending the movies to number one. I'm talking to us, connecting with us. You know what I'm saying? Let me tell you what you're doing. I'm trying to get them to approve you. That's what I don't get. Why are niggas running around trying to get white folks? Please tell me I'm special. Oh, give me your Oscar. Oh, let me know I'm all of these things that you want me to. Fuck that. Tell your story. Live in your own life, in your own culture. Tell your own experience. Ain't nobody tell you how to be you. You hear what I'm saying? I do, man. So let it be known, y'all, once again and once for all, that we can speak out on these issues ourselves with authority, competence, and professionalism, with expert insight and analysis, we got this. And this isn't all that represents this mental health army. We are diverse. We are all over the country, all over the state, and they will return if we ever need them to. So let's cut the nonsense. Dr. Phil, Dr. Drew, Dr. Oz, we see you. Stop playing. Well, that's our show, y'all. Psychotic Bump School is the place where education and entertainment meet at the intersection of funk and soul. My name is DJ Roma, and I wanna thank you for joining us. And we're here every Monday evening from 5.30 p.m. to 7 p.m. Pacific time. Check back with us, we shall return next week. I also wanna thank this gigantic group of people tonight. Let's see if I can remember them all. Dr. Chase Moore, Art and Narissa Harris, uh, Kyra Christian, Casey Phillips-Brown, Jamal Jones, Lori Peacock, Jeffrey Keller, Maria Alfaro, Gigi Da Silva Castro, Dr. Catherine Norris, Dr. Reggie Robinson. Well, I also want to thank our producer, Mr. Frank Starks, who is the Iron Man behind the board. And we're out of here, y'all. Take care. <laughs>